Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 939. You know, we're so busy in this day and age uh, with social media and technology. We're always moving so fast that we drive along. Sometimes it's nice to be in a slow lane, you know, to stop and actually look at what we're passing by. Life is an amazing journey if we allow it to be and if we, you know, slow down and actually realize sometimes of, of what we're doing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Amber Wyatt. Hey, Amber, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Of course, Mark. I am very excited. (laughs) All right. Good to have you here. And I know Amber's about to uh, head off to Australia, which is pretty cool. I wish I was going there with you. Wonderful country. And we'll learn a little bit about that and her background in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about Amber. Amber White is a much-loved TV host who is originally from the beautiful country of Australia. She landed her first live-to-air job at the young age of 20, representing the news and weather for a major Australia network. She worked in almost every aspect of broadcasting industry, from radio to TV to online production, and she's even dabbled a bit in startup video technology. And today, Amber calls Los Angeles her home, and that's where she hosts and produces a number of TV shows, including Boys Toys, as well as running her own production company, Edge and Elegance Entertainment. On Boys Toys, she visits people in the automotive industry, from builders to designers to racers, to see what makes them tick. Gee, that sounds kind of familiar, kind of what I do. Ah, much fun. Well, Amber, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a passion that I think you might have for automobiles? Wow, Mark, what a what an introduction. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, as you said, I've been very fortunate um, over the years. You know what, actually, I said this to someone the other day, and they stopped me, and they said, you know, it's not always fortune, Amber, it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> and uh, I think many people like yourself would definitely attest to that, that uh, it does come down to a lot of hard work. But um, the hard work pays off when you get to do something you love. And I think both you and I are living that dream. Well, absolutely. I've enjoyed some of your shows. And I'm thinking, well, she's doing a lot what I'm doing here on Cars. Yeah, but she gets to go there and drive these cool cars and hang out with these cool people. I know you were recently at Lance Standard's Superformance Shop. And yeah. that's, I said, Lance, you got to introduce me to Amber. She'd be great for the show. And Lance is such an awesome guy and his family there. Oh, and he is great. Yeah, I got to go there this summer and drive a GT40 and hang out with him. And uh, I was uh, thinking, yeah, Amber's got to be the one to get on the show here. So we're going to learn a lot more about you. But first, I always like to ask Mark, my guests. I need to know. Oh, I yeah. need to, Sorry, I just need to interrupt. How did you go driving the GT40? I was fortunate to drive that one there, too. Oh, it, you know... I used to race vintage cars, and when I got in that car, mm-hmm. it felt like a vintage race car. I mean, I just, I, I went, oh, man, I was in heaven. I, I was a little, you know, we had to go drive on the streets, so you can't really drive it that fast. But mm-hmm. but when you're going even 50 in that car, you feel like you're going 100, right? Oh, just the sound of it as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all those cars sound like. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, he's living in Candyland there. And, uh, oh, he sure is. Yeah, and I know he's moving to a new facility here now, so I can't wait to go back. I'm going to be down there at Christmas. I'm going to go up and visit him, and maybe I'll 
Maybe I could drive a Cobra or maybe a Grand Sport or something. I think that'd be cool. Well, they've got all of the above. So, I know. Uh, enjoy yourself. I will. I will. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's some kind of saying that's instrumental in forming your life, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Amber, take the wheel. Um, this is a tough one. Actually, I have a few things I guess I live my life by. And the one that I'm probably going to use today maybe isn't as revolving around automobiles, but I think you can put it to any area of your life. And um, it's be nice to those on your way up because you never know who's going to have to catch you on your way down. <laughs> yes. And that's something I've always lived my life by because I just found in this world that so many people are so desperate to get places. And I guess this, you know, does come down to cars too. You think of people on the highway yeah. and, uh, you know, it's, everyone's always in such a rush and it's, it's very, um, a world where it's, it's all about you and people are just thinking of themselves and where they've got to be and where they've got to go. And they don't care, you know, who yep. they're honking at or who they cut off or, yeah. you know, who, and that's just something I've always tried to not do. I am someone who is a real team player. Uh, the more I can help someone, you know, the better I feel and I think the better they feel and it's just all around, you know, makes for a better community. It makes you appreciative of what you're doing in life and, and your goals and, you know, even if I do bring it back to the road, there's nothing makes me happier when I let someone in and they give me a little wave yeah. to say thank you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that, that's that's all I needed, the mm-hmm. gratitude that they do that. And right. um, I don't know why. In every area of my life, that's uh, that's something I've always always lived by um, with my work and, and every other aspect. Well, it's living by the old golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if only the entire mm-hmm. world lived that way, it'd be a lot happier place for everybody. But I love that quote. It's great. Yeah. Treat everybody with respect and kindness and a exactly. little gratitude. And, of course, you live in Los Angeles where there's some pretty hectic traffic going on down there. <laughs> yes. I've been there many times, grew up in Southern California, and some people can get awfully brazen in their cars. And oh, you just yeah. think, my goodness. I mean, would you do that to me if we were face-to-face? Wow. So very nice way to live no, your exactly. life. No, exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. Well, would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? When you think back, is there a pivotal moment in your life when you mm-hmm. knew that you were a car gal? You know, I'm going to be surprised if you've ever had this answer before, but it began before I, I was even born. Oh, wow. Um, my gra- yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> my granddad was involved in the car industry, um, and I actually never met him. He died very young, unfortunately, of cancer and before I was born. But he was a very successful man in the car world in Australia. And he was so well known. And from the moment I came along, um, my mom said there was just something about me that always reminded uh, her of him. Oh, and, nice. you know, even though I never got to meet him, I still think there was something because, you know, from the moment I could, I actually grew up on a, a small tropical island in Australia. Very oh, wow. fortunate. Oh, wow. And um, <laughs> so anytime we went anywhere, because we got around on golf buggies, I had to drive the golf buggy. Like I had to drive. I just loved driving. Yeah. I had a remote control, no, I had a, like a car as a, a little toddler that I would hop in and drive around the backyard. <laughs> and every year on my birthday, I had to go go-karting. So, I mean, even though I never met him, there was no one else in my family that ever had that 
passion for that sort of industry. So I can't help but think that maybe there was something along the lines that was passed down through there. But um, it was definitely something from a young age that I just loved to drive. Mm. I loved to, to go fast. I loved the speed and fun of it all and you know, and then I ended up marrying a stunt driver. So, uh, well, there you go. A stunt driver. So um, <laughs> I've uh, managed to keep cars very much in uh, in my life in many different ways yeah. growing up. Well, that's nice. You got a little motor oil DNA from your grandfather. So <laughs> exactly. I, that sounds wonderful. And marrying a stunt driver. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's life uh, definitely isn't boring. Let's, no, let's say that. Not in your family. <laughs> not for sure. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a, mm-hmm. a big challenge or even a big failure you face along the way. And of course, these things affect all of us in different ways. But Hopefully, we learn from them and we move forward. So tell us about your experience and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum in your life and your career. Yeah, yeah I um, I guess when I was 16, I was a pedestrian mm-hmm. and I was actually cleaned up by a car. I was Ooh. hit by a four-wheel drive at a bull bar and being a 16-year-old, I didn't kind of withstand it. So I got blown 20 meters and shattered my pelvis. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I spent three months lying prone in hospital, another three months or so sort of on crutches uh, in a wheelchair, and then another few months sort of in on crutches. Oh, my. So, I mean, the, the progression for me was long and it was hard. And I have so many people sort of turn to me when they hear the story, because if you saw me, I, I'm... I'm quite fit. I keep busy. You wouldn't know that I went through such a, a big trauma at that age. Yeah. And so many people turn to me and go, how did you do it? You know, how, how did you recover from that? Like, how did you sit in hospital day in and day out, not being able to sit up, not being at school, not doing everything that normal 16-year-olds were doing, right. was doing? And I guess, you know, I had no choice. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it was one of those moments in life where you were, you just learned that, Life's going to throw things at you, and it's not what gets thrown at you. It's how you react to it, mm, um, and yeah. only you can make that choice. I yeah. can sit there and dwell and you know, be so upset with my injuries, or I can do everything in my power to overcome them and live a life that I want to live. And I think that's, again, something I've really taken into my life after that point is that things aren't always going to be easy. There's going to be bumps and there's going to be challenges and maybe not always to that extent, but uh, it's how you how you tackle them and, and move on, which really makes you, really gives you your strength and character. Wow. Well, I am so sorry you went <laughs> through that. I'm so happy you're still with us today. But my takeaway Thank from that, well, of course, my takeaway from this is when life throws things at you like a four by four mm-hmm. with a, you called it a bull bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Sorry, oh, wow. Terminology well, no, I think I know what you're, yeah, brush catcher, they'd call it here, but uh, I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. So my takeaway here is when you're met with things like this, that your challenge is to take them head on and focus on exactly. the recovery, realizing that you're grateful that, yeah, I am going to get past this. I am going to move yeah. forward, but it's going to take some time. I've had plenty of guests on the show that have had serious, serious injuries. I had mm-hmm. one gentleman who uh, amazingly he was blinded while working on a car and he wow. he went on to set a land speed record on a motorcycle fastest wow. blind guy on a motorcycle yeah talk about overcoming yeah. something See, so wow I, 
I truly think that, you know, and I, it doesn't surprise me um, with the type of people who you're interviewing that they've had some amazing, crazy industry. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me with the caliber of people who you've interviewed and also, I guess, you know, being professional drivers and all of that, the sort of injuries that you said. But I think, as you just said, he went on and did something really great. And I think sometimes it instills almost more determination in you. Yes. It, it really, you know, it brings out an inner strength that you probably had, but maybe wasn't fully aware of. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Wow, what a story. Well, let's shift gears and go something a little more lighthearted, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be an aha moment in your career. Now, you started a career as a broadcaster, as a television host, somebody who's out there in front of the public at a very young age. Is there an aha moment that came along in your career that you said, ah, this is a new path I'm going to go down. This is the fork in the road I'm going to take. What was your aha moment? Yeah, I I actually started out as a news journalist and thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I went to university and that's always what I wanted to do. But it was when I stepped out and I unsurprisingly got a job in weather, which, you know, I guess when you're in news, it isn't that unsurprising to do weather. But it was the live aspect of weather because I was out on the field and it just showed me a, another aspect You know, I always thought I wanted to be a hard-hitting news journalist. And not that I don't still enjoy that aspect, but it was this live, the rush, the adrenaline, the fun of being me that made me go, oh, I don't know, maybe there's another world of hosting and presenting that I wanted to do. But I'd always been a journalist. And to make that transition, people can really knock you down sometimes because you're not seen as a hard-hitting you know, what you set out to do. And, it, you know, some people will see that as maybe not failing, but in just different aspects like that. I so, understand. Um, sure, sure. But there was that that moment. And so it changed my direction a little bit. And I started getting into tourism more. And I started getting into a lot more lifestyle videos. And eventually, you know, Boys Toys came along. Yeah. And I remember there was one time at the start of this year in particular, and I was working crazy hours I, you know I still am but it was just so busy and my, my dad said to me honey are you happy like you're working so much mm-hmm. yeah I am I'm either <laughs> planning cool things or I'm doing them yeah they're work but I'm, I'm actually each day now if I wasn't doing it for work I would be paying to go and experience oh, yeah. these things or go and see these cars or go and travel around the world to do what I'm doing so um yeah, that was the aha moment, and it eventually led to this now. So, Well, it's yeah. so cool what you're doing, I, obviously having a lot of fun. I see what you mean. Sometimes people have preconceived notions about professions, and when you sidestep into something else, they might mm-hmm. go, well, that's not as serious. Why would you do that? But Exactly. Uh, they should try it. It's fun. <laughs> you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one you could share with us? It probably actually would be quite recently. I transitioned from having always worked for people as either a TV host or a producer. Mm -hmm. And only a few months ago, actually, I started my own production company. Oh, congratulations. That's cool. Thank you. So I, I did a season of Boys Toys under a production company and then eventually 
started my own and and took over the contract directly with the network and and now have just signed on some other new shows which are very exciting so wow Taking the step out from, I don't know, having a boss and security and <laughs> sure. all of that. I mean, I was 26 and owning and running my own production company here in Los Angeles. Wow. So that was that's exciting for me. You go, girl. That's awesome. I, you know, <laughs> Thank you. I love that because it's a very bold and scary step to take. And it when is. things are secure to say, you know what, I'm going to take my own destiny, take charge of my own life. That's a very brave thing to do. So. I love it. Thank the entrepreneur. Oh, you're welcome. The entrepreneurial spirit alive and well, most definitely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I would love for you to <laughs> share a story about your favorite mm-hmm. first car, that first car that really had a great meaning for you. And maybe share a story mm-hmm. about that vehicle. I think everyone's first car. It's just that extremely proud moment of owning a vehicle for the first time. Yep. But you know what? I loved my first car. But it was my second car where it was my first brand new car. Oh, wow. And again, you know, I didn't think you could go from – in Australia, leasing isn't really something that's done. Mm-hmm. So it's a sort of different way, I guess, of going about it. And it's more about saving the money and then purchasing a car outright. That's yep. more of what's done. So for me, I – bought my first car and I, I did have some assistance a little bit by my parents and things like that. I, I did mainly buy it all by myself. But then to, yeah, then to after a few years, save up and buy a brand new car. I mean, that feeling, I think just in purchasing it is yeah. enough satisfaction in being proud of yourself in, in what you've done. Oh, absolutely. What kind of car was it? <laughs> it was a Holden Viva. Oh, and okay. I don't know if you... I no. think they're called something we, else. We here. don't get exactly. those here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. But my first new car was a uh, Hyundai, and I know that's not how you say it here. <laughs> I thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, yes. We uh, we have the same cars in Australia, but they're generally uh, their models are generally different names. Same okay. car, just different names. So sometimes the conversion uh, is a little bit hard to describe. The Holden Viva is that a, a Korean car? Um, Holden, no, Holden is the same as Chevy. Oh, okay, okay. I got yeah. that confused with something different. All right, I understand. So, all right, mm-hmm. well, well, that leads me to the next question, which is a seller's remorse question. Is there a car you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Would it be old blue? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? This is probably terrible, and every car enthusiast out there is probably thinking. No, it's not blue. I Sadly, it was time for blue to move on. Oh, yeah. But we still own this car, oh. which is a bit strange because you asked me about letting it go. But it's sitting there and it's just all by itself and it's been locked up for so long in a shed and we haven't paid attention to it in many years. So this is my this is what I feel guilty about. We have a, a 1978 Ford Falcon, an XC. If it's not ringing a bell to you what that is because I think it was called something different in Australia than it is here in the US. It was uh, the Mad Max Interceptor. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So we have one of those. So it's, you know, a big V8 and just a muscly looking car. And 
for many years, we have wanted to restore it and give it the proper love and attention that it deserves. Yeah. Um, because it was the upgraded model. It was the um, GXL and everything. And so we've been for many years, but we've just both, this is my husband and I, yeah. we've both been traveling and working so much that the poor thing is just, just sitting, sitting there. And yeah. I just feel, I think of it and I imagine it sitting there sad and sorry. <laughs> and that's my guilt. Like I, for so long, I've wanted to go and give it the love it deserves. So yeah. well, that's what I would like to do. One day I think you will. Yeah, those, the, the Mad Max Interceptor, kind of a javelin-esque type car, I always say. The, yes. the way that car looked, had those kind of haunches in the back with the big fenders and kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of stands like a bulldog, you know, just ready to Doesn't pounce. It? Yeah, so does yours have the big blower sticking out of the hood? <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite, but maybe when we restore it, yeah. we can yeah. work towards something like that. There you My go. husband did actually work on Mad Max as a driver. So oh, uh, no kidding. Oh, definitely cool. ride into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Very, very cool. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit more about what has you excited. We're into the new year now, 2018. A lot of exciting things coming down the road. I would love for you to share a little bit more about Edge and Elegance Entertainment, your company that you've started recently, and share a little bit more about Boys Toys. Yeah, sure. You know what? That is what excites me. I have now done two seasons of Boys Toys, which means I have actually done nearly 40 episodes. Wow. To break that down, we do four segments per episode. So that's nearly 160 different toys that over the last 18 months I've got to experience drive play with Um, how cool is that and that's that's what excites me is as I said and I'm I'm not going to say the name of it but I have just signed a contract for another new show uh, which we're going to start filming in January and in the new year we'll also start a new season of boys toys I'm actually going to film the final episode for this season next week in Australia nice. and then uh, then I come back here and we start the third season so well the third season I've been a part of anyway yeah. uh-huh. so that's what excites me I'm I'm coming into 2018 bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for get it like i'm excited to work is that that wrong (laughs) uh no you know it's so exciting for you congratulations because this is not easy work and it's uh it's hard to get these these uh, projects together so you're backed by people so kudos to you and and obviously a talented team that you work with that you travel and do this but it sounds like the new year is going to be absolutely fun so can't wait to see yeah (laughs) so excited for you Well, here's a very introspective question, Amber. If Amber Mm -hmm. Wyatt was a vehicle, what would she be and why? (laughs) Oh, can I return your question with a question? Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. What is that question? (laughs) What's the friendliest car on the road? The friendliest car on the road? Well, I would say right off the cuff, I say Mini Cooper because... Mini Cooper and their owners tend to be just happy. The cars are fun. They're really fun to drive. Is that a good answer? There was way too much thought into that answer. <laughs> the friendliest car on the road is an Audi. An Audi? Oh, okay. Well, like okay. Howdy. How? Oh, I gosh. I think you were saying how- <laughs> Howdy, Audi. Oh, man. Now, mm-hmm. you're getting a little cheeky on me here. <laughs> 
So if I had to be, if I was to put myself in a car, I would say I was an Audi. And this is a running joke between my husband and I. He told me that joke one day. Okay. And it was just sort of, great moment yeah. and I thought it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> so now every time I walk past someone's smile like going on a morning walk and I say hello to someone uh-huh. I'll turn around to my husband I'll be like I'm so meant to be an Audi uh, <laughs> so well, it's, a, it's a running joke now the Audi will forever have that thought <laughs> in my brain thank you for planting that my next door neighbor shout out to Bill just bought a beautiful Audi for his wife and I work oh, at home nice. and I see I see her drive down the road every day and drive up and and I think that is such a pretty looking car. It's just a beautiful car. And so, yeah. uh, howdy, Audi. I like well, it. And you are a, you're a father as well, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Two beautiful children. So you have you have every right to say really bad dad jokes like that. I don't, but you can get away with it. <laughs> you know, my kids call me dork dad uh, because there yeah, we go. dads. Perfect. Yeah, dads get to give really uh, corny jokes. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that one when we're all together. Uh, next time. I think that's great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, Amber, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? to design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Amber, we are back and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
You know what? My father-in-law gave me a book called No More Lemons, which was a guide on how to buy used vehicles. And that was, you know, 17, buying my first car. And uh, everything in there was just valuable information that I needed to know at the time. Ah, very nice. Now, would you share one of your personal habits, other than smiling all the time, that you think (laughs) has contributed to your many successes over the years? You know, getting up early... I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately from successful people and motivational lines. And a lot of them have said, you know, get up early, get going, get into when you're excited about what you're doing, wake up, make it happen. You know, don't procrastinate, don't put it off. So I've I've thought about that. And that's me. I've always got up early and just got things done. You know, it's a great thing. I've done it too. And I think it started when I was in junior high and high school. I had a paper out. I had to get up at four o'clock and deliver papers. But I lived mm-hmm. by the ocean, so I'd go surfing afterwards, which made yeah. the day just a wonderful start and then head off to school. Totally. And I still get up at 530 here, even on weekends. And I just kind of go, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll sleep into six. But uh, <laughs> why waste those hours of the day? Time is our exactly. most precious commodity. So that's great advice. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of awesome resources these days. Mm. Is there one or maybe two you'd like to share with our listeners? For Boys Toys, uh, we're on AWE, which is a wealth of entertainment. It's on DirecTV, Verizon, all of the above. But our viewership is mainly wealthy adults who want that toy to play with, whether mm-hmm. it be a car or a boat or jet. So for us, a really valuable tool is the Rob Report. Uh, yes. And if you guys aren't subscribed to that magazine or if you don't follow anything, then for me... I love it. Not only does it have the the cars and the tech and all of that, but the travel. It has just some really interesting stuff (laughs) that that we use a lot for boys' toys. Oh, absolutely. I've subscribed to that publication for years. It's a lifestyle publication, very high-end, fun fantasy things. And for some people, yeah, there's a lot of things in those pages I wish I could have and drive and enjoy. But uh, (laughs) but that's all part of striving for perfection and working hard. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? It would be my granddad. Uh, As I mentioned at the start of the show, I never got to meet him. And it's one thing I have always wanted. He owned very successful car dealerships and actually an Australian touring car um, race team Mm. in Australia. If anyone knows of Dick Johnson in Australia, he had a lot to do with getting his career going in Australia and a lot of things like that. And he was so prominent in the field and I I never got to meet him. I, you know, I see all the photos on the wall and I meet people who go, oh, Brian Birch, you know, we know him, we knew him and uh, I never got to. So if I got to share a drink with anyone, it would be him. Ah, wish I could make that happen. Wow, that would be fun for sure. How about a book? (laughs) Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should read as well? At the moment, I'm in the middle of reading Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. Oh, Ferriss, And this kind of goes back to, yeah, what I was saying before about I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been so overwhelmed, I think, with work that this sort of stuff lately has been keeping me going. So I love it because it's a lot of just short, punchy advice. A lot like coming to your show. You know, you get to listen or read quotes and advice from people who you look up to. And for me at the moment, that's what I'm binging on. Very nice. Tim Ferriss, of course, is great. Super successful. Many great books. And that's the great thing about podcasting. You can listen anytime in the car, where you're flying, traveling, Mm -hmm. running, walking, whatever you're doing. 
working out in the morning. Yeah, absolutely great. And that's well, the only time I seem to have uh, spare time at the moment is when I'm flying, yep. driving, or exercising. It's the only spare time. So to have a podcast is great. But I did just, as I said, buy the book because I was going to Australia. And after I finished that final episode of Boys Toys, I'm taking a week and I am turning off everything and I'm having book and sunshine time. Good for you. That's what I love to do <laughs> on vacation. Bring a good book and turn everything off and just mm-hmm. decompress. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these awesome resources that Amber shared with us today on her Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Amber Wyatt. That page will pop right up. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over a thousand books listed there from all my inspiring automotive enthusiasts, including Amber, all 939 of them now. Whoa, a lot of folks there. <laughs> and I made it really easy for you with a quick click to buy. So check it out at carsyeah.com. All right, Amber, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, it can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to offer to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter how much it costs because I'm going to park it in your garage Money Ooh. is no object. Yeah, nice guy that I am today. So you are. What's it going to be? God, was Doozy a bit of a prompt? Am I meant to say the Duesenberg? <laughs> well, you can if you want to spend all my money, but that's okay. I offered a Duesenberg. Really? Wow. No, you know what? I do like the Duesenberg, but do you know what? I actually really, and I don't know, we're on a bit of a Ford theme, I guess, here today, but sort of the, the late 1950s, early 1960s Ford Thunderbird. A T-Bird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Okay. I don't know. They just, they have a lot of power. You know, they always came with the sort of V8 engine and they were always sort of over that. And you know what? I am a female after all. I do love the convertible. I've always lived in places like California or yeah. the Gold Coast in Australia where it's that type of weather you, where you want to be driving around in something with a bit of power that looks good and has the roof off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the T-Bird, oh my gosh, so beautiful. I think what I'm going to do for you is pick like a 57. I believe those are the years they had the hard Ooh. top with the porthole window in the back which oh, yeah. was really kind of cool. Now, if I go and find this T-Bird, there were some really spectacular colors back in the day. What color would you like say, yours? I, I, think that's, I think in that era, you know, I, I imagine everyone by the beach in their high-waisted bikinis yeah, and yeah. the surfboards and all of that. So I'm thinking like a like a mint green. I, that, that was sort of the color around oh, when yeah. I right? Yes. Oh, they yeah. made a beautiful seafoam green, I believe it was called. There we go. Yeah, I think that would be very nice. All right, I know what I need to do now, so <laughs> I will get out there. And I told Amber at the beginning of this, today's actually my birthday, so I'm going to buy you a birthday present from me to oh. you on my birthday. What do you think about that? So. <laughs> That hardly seems fair. <laughs> what, what, what would you like? Has anyone ever returned the question? Since it was your birthday, can we ask you? Oh, you know, yeah, you can. You might be a little afraid at the answer. But, uh, yeah, I, I had my son Blake interview me on my 300th show. And he asked mm-hmm. me that question. And I was kind of surprised at my answer. But I, this is how I answered it. I love Porsches. Those have been my car choice forever. Yeah. I had Rob Dickinson, who owns a company called Singer Reimagine, where he takes old Porsches and completely rebuilds them to the way that you would like them. And so mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of cool to have a Singer reimagined Porsche built exactly to my specification. So I'll deliver the T-Bird. I'll give you Rob's number. You can go <laughs> b- have him build me a Porsche 
And we can cruise the Coast Highway together, big smile on our face, and uh, yeah, have a good time. Sounds, so. sounds good. I know a few <laughs> few roads are up through Malibu. Malibu. Oh, Malibu that Canyon. Good. Yeah. I, up through Malibu <laughs> Canyon. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Amber, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've so enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Out listeners. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you jump into that seafoam green T bird and cruise up the coast <laughs> highway? You know what? I, I think that's going to come back to the first mantra is. You know, we're so busy in this day and age uh, with social media and technology. We're always moving so fast that we drive along. Sometimes it's nice to be in a slow lane, you know, to stop and actually look at what we're passing by. Life is an amazing journey if we allow it to be and if we, you know, slow down and actually realize sometimes of of what we're doing. You know, I think that's that's something I've definitely learned this year is as much as you're in a busy world and you're in the fast lane, Driving along, uh, sometimes, you know, put your indicator on, hop in the slow lane and uh, take a look out the window and watch what you're passing by. Smell the flowers. That's the great thing about driving classic cars is they're not as fast. Exactly. Put your string back gloves on. You kind of get back into that time and slow it down a little bit. Get off the freeway. Take the canyons there, Mm -hmm. whether it's Mall Holland or Malibu, whatever. Yeah, that's the way to go. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about boys, toys and all the great things you're doing? Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, you can follow me uh, on social media. My personal page is Amber Discovers. So just ch- type in Amber Wyatt into Facebook or Instagram and that should come up. Okay. Uh, and I also have a business page, which is Edge and Elegance Official. Uh, and that's again for uh, both Facebook and Instagram. So we have some great things going on, some great things in the pipeline. So we'd love you guys to follow. And we'd also like to hear from you. If there's anything, any ideas you have for the show, I love that coming in. I mm. love working with people about what they want to see and going out there and finding out more about it for them. Very cool. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure you find all these great links on Amber's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Amber Wyatt. Or Amber, I think you're actually the only Amber I've had on the show, which is pretty cool. And that page will (laughs) pop right up. And I would encourage you to follow Amber with what she's doing. If you love cars, you're going to love all the great people and the great places that Amber is visiting. Check it all out, and I'll put all the links right there. Amber, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your amazing experiences with the Cars Y'all listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. Thank you so much for having me and happy birthday. Thank you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253 253- 722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!